Now it is time to uh, proclaim the word of God, and I have chosen for the text today uh, from John chapter 3, verses 13 uh, to 18. The title of the message is Grace and Faith. So we're going to read the text first, and then I will try to expound the text. Let us read this out loud together. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. 이제 한국어로 함께 읽겠습니다. 하늘에서 내려온 자, 곧 인자 외에는 하늘에 올라간 자가 없느니라. 모세가 광야에서 뱀을 든것 같이 인자도 들려야 하리니 이는 그를 믿는 자마다 영생을 얻게 하려 하심이니라. 하나님이 세상을 이처럼 사랑하사 독생자를 주셨으니 이는 그를 믿는 자마다 멸망하지 않고 영생을 얻게 하려 하심이라. 하나님이 그 아들을 세상에 보내신 것은 세상을 심판하려 하심이 아니요 그로 말미암아 세상이 구원을 받게 하려 하심이라. 그를 믿는 자는 심판을 받지 아니하는 것이요 믿지 아니하는 자는 하나님의 독생자의 이름을 믿지 아니하므로 벌써 심판을 받은 것이니라. 아멘. We have studied uh, in chapter 2 and also in chapter 3, right up to this point, we have studied uh, three episodes, happenings in Jesus' early ministry uh, days. And the common theme in all these three uh, episodes was the theme of transformation. We saw Jesus transforming water into wine. We saw Jesus purging the temple and bringing about transformation. And in chapter 3, we see Jesus talking to Nicodemus about being born again. He's talking about regeneration. Which do you think is more of a greater miracle? To purge a corrupt temple? To transform water into wine? or transforming human source, human individuals, which do you think is most difficult? And why? We should have a little bit of a table talk here, and I'm going to throw the questions to you, and I want to see what your response is. Which of these three illustrations that I've given you would be the most difficult of a miracle? What do you think? Turning water into wine? That's obviously something that we have not seen. That's not something that is common. Purging a temple? For Jesus to enter into the temple where all these religious rulers are in charge and just taking you know, authority to cleanse it and turn everything upside down. Wow, that takes guts. But that can be done. We've seen that happening. I believe that the greatest miracle is that of transforming human souls. 
human individuals. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because we have free will. We can resist that change if we wanted to. God honors our free will, so he cannot force it upon us. Remember the story of Adam and Eve? I mean, they were made in, and set in a perfect setting, and yet because of their free, free will, they took the route of independence and rebelled against God. 그러기 때문에 사람을 변화시키는 것, 사람의 영혼을 변화시키는 것, 사람의 마음을 변화시키는 것만큼 어려운 일이 없습니다. 그런 기적이 없습니다. It is a great miracle to transform the mind or the heart or the soul of a human being. So it is in this context that Jesus is dialoguing with a man named Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. He belonged to the Sanhedrin, which is the ruling council of the Jews. And he was also acknowledged by Jesus as the teacher of Israel. So he is way up there, spiritually speaking, religiously speaking. And yet, he, like most of the religious rulers, established a sort of their own particular route of salvation. They figured if we abide by the law, and if we're meticulous about abiding by these regulations, then God would be pleased with us. So that if I were to see God, after having accomplished all of these great religious works, then God has to credit me and allow me to enter into his kingdom. But Jesus says to Nicodemus, not so. Right away, he tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must start all over again. You have to just turn everything upside down and radically change. Change the way you're thinking. Change the, the constitution of your soul. Who you are in the light of God. You have to radically, radically change. And in verse 9 of chapter 3, Nicodemus asks this profound question. And I think I'm basically trying to address that. I think this is what Jesus is trying to do. And this is how John, the author, understood this question. Verse 9. How can this be? How could this happen? Last week, I've been talking about the whole process of regeneration, 중생. How to be born again. I talked about how... The, the Holy Spirit works in a sovereign way. That salvation is from God. Well, then what can we do? What are we supposed to do? And that's the topic for today. What is the answer to this question? What can we do? How can we be saved? How can we be born again? How can we enter into the kingdom of the heaven? What is required of us? 우리에게 요구하는 것이 무엇일까요, 그럼? 하나님이 하시는 일이라면, 성령님께서 역사하신다면, 그 우리는 무엇을 해? 왜 어떤 사람은 하늘나라에 들어가고 어떤 사람들은 멸망의 길로 가냐? What is the condition that is laid upon us? And the answer, according to the Gospel of John, from the very lips of Jesus Christ, and the answer that we find in the whole Bible and all throughout church history 
and especially climaxing with the Reformation, this was the main thing, main issue. We are saved by faith. There's no other way by which we can be saved. 우리가 노력을 해서 구원받는 것도 아니고요. 우리 하나님 앞에 잘 보이려고 점수를 따서 구원을 얻는 것도 아니고 오로지 믿음, 믿음밖에 요구하는 게 없다는 거예요. But what is faith? And so today I'm going to give you some understanding of faith. And first of all, faith has to do with beholding, beholding Christ. 누구를 바라보느냐? 그것이 바로 믿음입니다. 믿음은 대상이 있습니다. There's an object to our faith. You don't just believe. In America, there are those who are known as faith teachers. And these are the people who interpret the Bible as a set of, sort of a text for faith. And what they do is they try to empower people to a point that faith has become a dominant theme, not Jesus Christ. Faith. If you have faith, anything can happen to you. If you have faith, impossible can become a possibility. If you have faith, so they just energize people in faith. Somehow, they think by their faith and intensity of faith, things begin to materialize. You almost like begin to believe that things are going to happen. Is that what faith is? If that were to be the definition of faith, then it would be so difficult for most of us. And if that is what is required for salvation, we probably would not be saved, except for those champions of faith. Are you a champion of faith? Is that what God is requiring of you? Be a champion of faith? Be a faith-empowered person? 믿습니다! 저도 믿습니다를 많이 해봤거든요. 한국에서 한 3, 4년 동안 어, 영성훈련을 쌓았을 때 That was in 1986 to 1990, right before I got married. I received four years of training here in Korea. 주로 한국 교회를 많이 방문하고 순복음 교회 특별히 방문하고 기도훈련을 많이 쌓았어요. 철야기도, 금식기도, 새벽기도 기도란 기도는 다 경험을 해봤어요. And one thing I realized is that Koreans, when we believe, we believe competitively. <웃음> 경쟁하듯이 우리는 믿어요. 그래서 옆에 있는 일반 평신도들이 그렇게 열리다게 기도하니까 내가 옆에서 기도를 안할 수가 없잖아요. 금식을 40일을 평신도들이 하니까 목사가 안할 수가 없잖아요. And because you know the Korean style of prayer is so intense. 여러분 혹시 아세요? 어떻게 기도하죠 우리는? How do we pray as Koreans? You know, we don't do quiet, meditative prayer. Or, you know, genteel dialogue. Oh, Lord, speak to me. My heart is listening. We don't pray like that. 어떻게 기도해? For many hours, we're... And so because I was so influenced by these great prayer warriors all over Korea, and most of them are women, most of them are lay persons, I thought that's what prayer was. 더 세게 기도하면, 더 강력하게 기도하는 사람들이 
뭔가 아는 사람들이다. 뭔가 영적으로 바로 서 있는 사람들. 그렇게 배웠어요. 그리고 그것은 믿음이라고 이분들은 생각하기 때문에 어, 믿음이 있는 사람들은 이렇게 본보야 줘야 되는 것이 아닌가 그렇게 생각한 거예요. Is that what Jesus is saying? Is that what John is advocating in this entire gospel? Have faith like that. 믿습니다. And I want to refute this way of understanding of faith because if that is the way of faith, then most of us will not be qualified. We have to compete and reach up to the elite level before God will say, I approve of you. 그럼 바리새인들의 방법과 뭐가 다릅니까? 바리새인들이 율법을 잘 지켜서 했는데 우리 한국교회는 기도를 많이 해서 점수를 땄다면 무슨 차이가 있냐는 거예요. Maybe Jesus is saying to the Korean church, you must be born again. 다시 너희들은 거꾸로 생각을 해야 된다. 다시 극단적으로 변화가 돼야 된다. 그리고 다시 definition of faith가 무엇인지 믿음을 다시 정의해야 된다. And let's go back to the Bible to see what faith really is. Because faith is first of all beholding Christ. 주님을 바라보는 거예요. 주님을 바라봐야지 믿음이 생기는 거예요. 주님을 안 바라보고 눈꽉꽉 열심히 그냥 그내 열정으로 하려고는 믿음이 생기나 믿음이 생기죠. 그렇지만 that faith is a different type of faith. It's a positive thinking type of faith. It has nothing to do with the object of the person of Jesus Christ. 여러분 세상 사람들도 예수님 믿지 않는 사람 중에 믿음 많은 사람들이 있어요. 믿음이 얼마나 센지 모르겠어요. You've heard of Scientologists, right? Tom Cruise, John Travolta, 이런 사람들 보면요. 그 사람들 눈에서 기를 느낄 수가 있어. You could sense the energy of chi or the power that is within. They have so much faith. They could do impossible things. I heard that Tom Cruise, he's doing all this Mission Impossible movie and there's the recent one they came out. He actually does all the stunts. Airplane is about to take off and he has to be the one who's hanging there. He has to do it. Why? Because he has faith. Does he have faith in Jesus Christ? No, he has faith in himself and the power that is within. That's Scientology. It has nothing to do with the source of faith that is God and the object of faith that is Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm sure Tom Cruise and John Travolta, they, they train their faith. So you see in his eyes that kind of faith. Wow, that's scary. Because more you have that kind of faith, more distance you will be from Jesus Christ and God. You don't need God. Why? You become God yourself. I'm not trying to cut down Tom Cruise or anything like that. I, I like his movies and I, I love what he has accomplished through his movies. But I'm just telling you, matter-of-factly, from the Christian perspective, That kind of faith has nothing to do with it. Then let us see what Jesus has to say. In verse 13, he says, 
No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. 하늘에서 내려온 자, 곧 인자 외에는 하늘에 올라간 자가 없느니라. So what we see here are some very important concepts that's referring to what he had previously said to Nicodemus. Now, first of all, all that has with salvation, eternal life, entering into the kingdom of God, being regenerated, being born again, the source of that, so-called salvation, is God. And that's why you have to be born again or born from above. You have to be born of God. Second of all, as we recall last Sunday message, that Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit as the power of regeneration. I cannot transform myself. 내 자신을 스스로 막 변화시키고 뒤집혀 보려고 그러고 막 새로워지려고 해도 발발음쳐도 안 되는 거예요. It's got to be the work of the Holy Spirit. And the point that Jesus is making now here is that Jesus he himself is the key to salvation. 그 구원의 비결은 다른 게 없다는 거예요. 예수 그리스도를 제대로 바라볼 때 그의 생애를 바라보고 그의 가르침을 바라보고 그의 십자가를 바라볼 때 구원의 길이 열린다는 것입니다. And what is that one requirement that is expected of us? And this is what Jesus is about to share with us in the next two verses. It has to do with faith. Faith in him. 바로 믿음입니다. Let's read verses 14 to 15. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. 모세가 광야에서 뱀을 든것 같이 인자도 들려야 하리니 이는 그를 믿는 자마다 영생을 얻게 하려 하십니다. Now what is Jesus talking about? He's referring to that particular incident in the life of the Israelites that is recorded in Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 to 9. 21장에 이러한 내용이 기록되어 있습니다. 제가 간단하게 설명을 하죠. The Israelites were out in the wilderness. And during that time, they had a lot of complaints and grumblings expressed particularly to Moses, but ultimately to God. Just like most Christians today, if you live long enough, and if you've um, been a Christian long enough, you'll have reasons for complaints. I've been married long enough. My wife has plenty of reasons to complain to me. I don't complain too much about my wife because I... <laughs> but she has all the rights to do that. Well, if you know God long enough, you'll get upset with him. You'll be angry with him. So the Israelites started complaining and grumbling. And then they were comparing God's way with the ways of Egypt. You know, you know, food and the luxury of life in Egypt. But what are we experiencing out in the wilderness here? The sufferings and trials. And the provision that God gave them was actually manna. 
하늘에서 허락해 주시는 음식이라고 해서 만나. You would think that they had 40 years of plenty of manna to eat. They should be satisfied. But how, how many of you know that you cannot eat the same type of food over and over and, and be content? Human beings are not like that. So they got sick and tired of manna. They started complaining about even gift of God. And so because they were at the verge of creating some kind of re uh, rebellion against God and against Moses' leadership, God sent some poisonous snakes. And the snakes started biting them. And people were dying all over the wilderness. And then they finally repented and cried out, Oh, Moses, pray for us that we may be delivered from this. And so Moses prayed and God showed them, I want you to make a bronze form of a serpent, put it on a stake, and lift it up very high in the middle of the camp. And anybody who would lift up their eyes and see the serpent hanging on the stake will be healed. And Jesus is taking off on that incident. And he's basically saying that he himself will be like the serpent on the stake, hanging on the cross, lifted up on high for people to see. And if they would see him, they will be saved. Now, you know what the beauty of this illustration is? picture language. Because what he's saying is, I want you to do a simple thing, only thing you could possibly do in your state of being poisoned and on the path to death, that is lift up your eyes of faith and look at the figure which symbolizes sin and curse. Look at Jesus on the cross. That's all you have to do. You know, when I um, do parenting and when I try to educate my kids, I don't let them get away easy. I want them to really learn the lessons. Most parents are like that. So if your child does something wrong, you make it difficult for them to get it right. You don't just forgive them and get, let them you know, get away with it. No, they have to learn the lesson. So you have to make it a concrete illustration of what a painful, trialsome way it is to get back on track of things. That's what parents sometimes tend to do. And the other option we have as parents is just to let them get away each time. And you spoil the kid, spoil the rod, and you destroy the kid's future. And so if I were to take a typical human parent's perspective or human teacher's perspective, we would put some kind of demand on the people. After they rebelled, after they you know, sinned against God, you would require something of them. Maybe I might say, hmm, you have to bring something. You, you have to bring some kind of offerings. Go to your tent, gather up all the goods, and hand it over to God. 
none of that kind of requirement recorded in the Bible. Or at least, I want you to crawl to the, to the pole. Crawl. Anybody who's going to be willing to crawl and be serious-minded about it, and you touch the pole, then you will be healed. Nothing like that. Only thing the Lord requires of His people is to simply in their state, in their condition, right there where they are, to lift up their eyes and there is one symbolic sign in the middle of the wilderness where they can all focus. And anybody can just lift up their eyes and see that. From wherever angle that they may be in. They can do that. 아무리 자기가 지금 바로 죽기 바르지 눈을 뜨고 보기만 하면 돼. 그런데도 끝까지 보지 않고 죽임을 당한 사람들이 있는 거예요. How stubborn human beings are. God says, do this and to the end, no, I'm going to find my way. Or some people might say, oh, you know, I've been such a bad boy. I got to make up for this. I'll show you God how much I'm willing to do that. God's not expecting you to make up for it because you can't make up for it because you'll die on the way. Only thing that can save you, only thing that can heal you is if you abide by the prescription of the Lord. And the prescription is very simple. This is the doctor's prescription for remedy, for healing. Very simple. Lift your eyes of faith and look. That's what faith is. Looking. Beholding. 여러분, 누굴 바라보느냐? 이게 중요한 거예요. 누굴 바라보느냐가 이게 벌써 라인이 세워지면 그 노선으로 그 하나님의 은혜가 나에게 임하는 거예요. And I will experience salvation. It's that easy. I know that sometimes people have all these questions and issues. Why did God make it so easy? What about all these things that I accomplished and I tried to be good and you're comparing me to that miserable sinner who's he wasted his life and you're requiring us of the same to go to Jesus? And Jesus says, yes. It doesn't matter how messed up your life may be. How terrible your past may have been. It doesn't matter whether you lived your life most glorious, most ethically and righteous. Made all these sacrifices for the people, it doesn't matter. The route is the same. You must be born again by faith, by looking unto Jesus Christ, and there's no other way. And then, we don't know whether this is Jesus talking, or maybe John is commenting on what Jesus is saying. From verse 16 on, we don't know, because there are no quotations in the original Greek. But let's just say that Jesus is speaking these words. Here now we see another dimension of faith, another definition of faith. And that is that faith has to do with receiving Christ. 그리스도 영접하는 거예요. 받아들이는 거예요. 바라보는 것만이 아니라 그분을 내가 받아들여야 돼요. 그래야지 무엇인가 그분에게서 흘러나오는 은총이 나에게 임한다는 그 혜택을 내가 누린다는 거예요. 받아들여야지. 그냥 바라보는 것만이야. 바라보면서 
그분이 나에게 끼치려는 그 영향을 내가 받아들여야 된다. Well, I don't know whether this is a, a good analogy, but even a person who is bitten by a poisonous snake and the poison is just rampaging all throughout his body and he's about to die, he finally looks on to that figure of a serpent hanging on that pole looks, but as he's looking, God wants to bring the energy of healing into his body, but if he does not receive that, he's not at a receiving end of that, he may be resisting that. Certainly he cannot be healed, he cannot be saved. We have to receive what God wants to give to us. Let's look at uh, the verses 16 to 18 uh, systematically, and I think you will understand what I'm trying to get at. In verse 16, the very famous text, perhaps the most famous and perhaps the most crucial text in the entire Bible, is John 3:16. Can we recite this? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Let me quickly expound on this text, or break it down for you, so that you can understand the gist of what I believe that Jesus is saying, what John is interpreting as what Jesus is saying. First of all, God so loved the world. God so loved. What kind of love? It's so easy for us to say, you know, I love someone, I, I love this or that, but what does the term God so loved mean? And we'll begin to understand that rest of the sentence were clearly defined as to the graciousness of God's love. How gracious He is that He would so love us like this. How much did he love us? That he gave his one and only son. God has only one natural son. We're all adopted sons and daughters of God. He has only one natural son. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And he's willing to give that one and only, the most precious He's willing to hand his son over. And here, giving is not just, just nice packaged uh, Christmas gift type of giving. There is a reference to sacrifice. He's willing to sacrifice because this is an analogy of, in the Old Testament story of Abraham, sacrificing his one and only son, Isaac, on Mount Moriah. He's willing to do it out of obedience to God. If you have many children, maybe the story might be different. I don't know. I have many children too, but it doesn't matter whether you have 10 children and God says, I want you to just sacrifice one. Or the only child that you have, sacrifice all. It doesn't really matter because parents' heart is that one child is everything if you lose that child. 
I felt like that when I lost my infant son. I had Sarah and I had another child, Michelle, coming on the way. But when I lost that son, I lost everything in this world. Human beings can experience that to a degree, but not like what God experienced. Because for God, His Son is everything. You know, God doesn't have material wealth and He doesn't have all the stuffs of the universe means nothing to Him. Most important thing to God the Father is His Son, Jesus Christ, because apart from His Son, His own identity as a Father is questionable. And this is the doctrine of Trinity. God has to have, God the Father has to have the Son, and the Son has to have the Father. Now the Son, Father is willing to sacrifice His Son. If we can meditate on the depth and the intensity of God's love expressed in this phrase, that He gave His one and only Son, But he did it so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The breadth and the scope of God's love. That God so loved the world, the whole creation, and particularly humanity, the center of the creation. And that whoever, anybody, who simply believe in his son shall not perish but have eternal life. That's how wide and broad the view of God is towards His salvation. But so many people have issues with God because there's that other side, a paradox in the coming text that talks about how if you do not believe, then you are condemned. And so some people think that God is not fair. That God is partial. Only to those people that He's going to save, and He doesn't really care about those people who are going to be damned. But one thing for sure about the intention of God, nobody can doubt, no matter how it will turn out at the end, nobody can doubt the intention of God. His intention is that no one should perish. Could you repeat after me? That no one should perish. In verse 17 it says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. He doesn't want to condemn. That's not his intention. He doesn't want the, anyone to perish. He doesn't want to condemn the world. But the paradox is this in verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. God doesn't want anybody to perish. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. God doesn't want anybody to be condemned. And that's why we have to be busy about witnessing to people, evangelizing to people, doing the works of mission. 
and sharing with them this good news. God doesn't want you to perish. God does not want you to be condemned. But the way you will not be is if you would believe unto Jesus Christ. Because if you reject Jesus, then you are condemned already. You are setting yourself up to walk the path of eternal damnation. Now let me wrap it up. Let me try to package it in such a way that you will understand the essence of what I'm trying to say today. From the very beginning, I said that salvation is found in no other source than God himself. We cannot work ourselves up to salvation. We cannot be credited righteous to receive salvation. Salvation is not something that we can attain on our own. Salvation finds its source in God and therefore salvation is only by God's grace. We're not worthy of salvation because we're already heavily in debt with sin before God. We cannot merit it because the demand of righteousness is too great for us. Thus, we better come to terms with this. When it has to do with salvation, we are simply to be at the receiving end of it, at the mercy of God's grace. Then what is faith? Faith is exactly the means by which we receive God's grace. You see, I told you the faith teachers, they don't think of it as receiving, they think of it as attaining. By having faith, I gain something. By having faith, I realize something. But Jesus' way, and the way depicted by John in this gospel, is that faith is nothing but simply the channel and the means by which we receive. If you're receiving something, how can you say, oh man, I am a man of faith? Faith is nothing. Repeat it again. Faith is nothing. Faith is really nothing. Pastor Jamie wants to give me a huge gift that I do not deserve. He says, I'm going to give you a million dollars. I need a million dollars, by the way, so pray for me. And Pastor Jamie says, I give you a million dollars. I just give it to you because God has impressed upon my heart to give it to you. And I receive that. What can I boast about? Can I boast, I'm a receiver of a million dollars? I could, but that's not right. Because he should be praised, not me. And yet, if the focus is me as the, the receiving one, because I was so gracious enough to receive it, something is not right. If I'm receiving, I should just keep my mouth shut and keep my head humble. And I'd be always indebted to Jamie for what he has done, expressing the grace of God. So, what am I doing when I receive? I'm doing nothing. I'm only doing what he, what is required to be the recipient of that gift. So faith is simply the channel, the means by which, yes, I receive. Don't put so much into faith. 
And yet faith is everything because if you don't do that, you will not receive the benefit of God's grace. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So faith is something so natural that even a little child can do. You don't have to be a giant in Christian spirituality. You don't have to be an elite teacher of the word of God. You can be a little child and Jesus says, I will help you, little child. I will save you. I will heal you. I will deliver you. I will give you all these things that I want to give you. And the little child says, yes, thank you. That's what Jesus is trying to communicate to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, you don't don't need to bring anything to the kingdom. You can't establish your elite status or your spirituality. You can't boast about any of this. I'm not interested in that. I'm God who is incarnate. Are you trying to impress me? You cannot, Nicodemus. What I want you to do is I want you to be like a little child and be born again, all over again, to be at the receiving end so they can be humble enough to receive the grace of God because salvation only can come from God. I hope today, if you've had this notion about faith as something that you muster, something that you bolster, something that you have to empower yourself, then you've got to let that go. Because that has nothing to do with biblical way of faith. As John Calvin says, faith is nothing but simple channel by which we receive the benefit of God's grace. But if you set your mind to receive and be at the receiving end of it, then you're on the right track. Because if you're ready to receive, He is ready to pour out into your heart, into your life. That's all we need to do. Just be at the position of receiving and recipient to absorb what He's about to give us. And He gives us not only salvation, He gives us provisions in life. He gives us protections in life. He gives us all sorts of blessings in life. Be a child. Be born again. Be the receiver of the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Be truly a man or woman of faith or a child of trust. Because I believe the real bottom line is this concept of faith in the Bible is to be more equated with trust that a child has for the grown-ups, especially the parents, than anything like the picture that faith teachers have tried to portray about faith. Now, I don't have anything personal against them because I have read so many books. Maybe that's why I have come to this conclusion when I look at the Bible, especially John's Gospel. This this whole definition of faith is so different from what I have learned from the books and the teachings of the so-called faith teachers 
who should have known better. And therefore, since this is the easiest thing that anybody can do, all you have to do is just lift up your head and behold Jesus hanging on the cross as the only way by which we can be saved and be receiving of His grace that will be infused into your heart. This is what faith is. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, today through John's writing and Jesus' words, we have come to terms with what faith is, Lord. Faith is beholding Christ. Faith is receiving Christ. 믿음은 그리스도를 바라보는 것이요. 믿음은 그리스도를 영접하는 것이요. 믿음은 주님께서 우리에게 허락하여 주신 그 은총을 체험할 수 있는 통로라고 생각할 수 있는 줄 믿습니다. Lord, teach us not to establish our own notions of what faith is, how faith should be done, but be corrected by the word of the Lord so that by faith we can receive all the blessings of God through Christ. Teach us this way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.